Welcome in everyone to the week 10 recap brought to you by the Commissioner's Report. I am your commissioner, Kyle Wilson, joined by the landlord and Brownie Thunder. Thanks for joining in today, guys. There are a lot of exciting things to talk about, some very important things in our fantasy football league, but also some very exciting things happening in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins is amazing and also broke Eli's heart in the Keeper League this week. <sighs> um, the Steelers are proving that they are the best team in the NFL. Any debate about that? Do you guys, who would you guys say is the best team in the NFL right now? I have to say the Steelers. They're, really? they're de- yeah, their defense is just impenetrable. I mean, I got to go with the Steelers, Kyle, because I no. think that's exactly what you want to hear. That is what I want to hear, but I yeah. actually want to know your opinion. I'm ac- if you're actually saying the Steelers, both of you saying the Steelers is very, very surprising to me. Or were you just being sarcastic, Matthew? Who do you really think is the think best team? I think that I really team? evaluated who the best team right. is. I said Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are so impressive to me. Yeah, the Chiefs look just as dangerous as anybody. I don't think the Chiefs, you know this, do the Chiefs and the Steelers play this year? Um, I would doubt it, right? I don't think they play this year. Name some AFC teams, though. You won't even know. Nah, that. I, they probably don't play this I year. Just but have to think of which. <laughs> I hope that the Steelers and the Chiefs get to match up sometime because that would be such a fun matchup to watch with the Steelers defense and the Chiefs offense. But, um, kind of a shock last night. The the Ravens are just falling apart. There was so much rain in that game, um, but upset by the Patriots. So. Who is a better team? Hold on. Did the Steelers win their division last year? No. The that Ravens did. Like yeah, the Ravens won the division last year, which is why I brought up the Ravens just now, because it seems like the league has figured out the Ravens, which is a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers looked good, almost choked away the game, but managed to win. It, it was, I think it was kind of revenge towards myself, who was cheering for the Cowboys last week when they were doing so well against the Steelers. And so then God just put his hand in it and he was like, hang on, this can happen to you guys too. And then he was like, this is your warning. And then let the Packers win. Yeah. So that, that would that, make that's sense. how it went. Thanks for having mercy. God go pack. Go uh, Steelers schedule. Best looking game on there. They are playing the Ravens again. Uh, week. It's going to be right at the start of playoffs. The, they play the bills. So that should be a, a high scoring oh. game. Hopefully it'll be tough for the bills, but Two. Should be a fun one to watch. That's prime time. The Bills' defense has kind of disappointed me this season. I feel like in the past they have been a, a force to be reckoned with, but this year they seem a little bit lax, not as good against quarterbacks and wide receivers. Anyway, let's actually hop right into our matchups. Um, we had a lot of very important things going on for the playoff hopes for a lot of teams. The Cheetah Girls were officially knocked out of the playoffs, so let's start with that game. It was our biggest blowout of the week, I believe. 132 for Justin Heisey. He is a wife beater. He beat the Cheetah Girls. They scored only 71 points, a 60-point spread. Even with Kyler Murray scoring 30 for the Cheetah Girls, they could not break 80 points. Very, very disappointing week. I want to know from each of you who had the most disappointing game on their roster. On Cheetah Girls roster. Yes, on the Cheetah Girls team. Who had the most disappointing game? There are a few I'm, contenders. Yeah, I'm going to go probably with Melvin Gordon. 
Um, he wasn't out carried by Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay only had two carries. They just did nothing on the ground whatsoever. Melvin Gordon had a great time to shine. The Raiders' defense has been good, but not this good. And so, really, it just it, it was not a good week for Melvin Gordon. That's not what you're, what you're hoping uh, to get from him. Matthew, who was your biggest disappointment? I, I he would probably have been mine as as well, just because it's since Philip didn't do really Phillip. anything, Philip Lindsay, since he didn't really do anything, then you would expect that Gordon does, yeah. and and like about four yards of carry, it's not a terrible average at all, but still, you just want more from from him. Some this of the going, other but Emmanuel Sanders. Some of the Aguilar, other contenders oh. for disappointing games on their roster, Derrick Henry. Really yeah. wasn't that impressive. The Colts kind of shut him down. He did have 11.9 points, but not an impressive game. Emmanuel Sanders only had one target in the whole game, which is not good for his hopes. Um, and Allen Robinson. The Bears are bad, that's for sure. Um, and it looks like this roster is beat up. I don't expect the Cheetah Girls to make any more noise for the rest of the year, but who knows, maybe they'll come up with a clutch win against someone and knocks them out of the playoffs, something like this. Um, the last thing to mention on the Cheetah Girls roster, though, Cole Beasley sitting on their bench with 28 points, one of Eli's flexes of the week. Eli, do you want to talk about that? Uh, Cole Beasley, yeah. Uh, he, I don't know, he was basically the garbage man in this game, just picking up every single short pass that was there. Uh, super fun to watch. He made some really clutch plays. Mm-hmm. Um, His yards after catch were very impressive. Yeah. And making everybody so miss. Just as that, as that safety valve, he, he really shined. Um, and what do you expect it was, from It was projected him? to be a high-scoring game, so it was kind of a toss-up between him, him and John Brown. John Brown went down with the ankle. So. Would you be starting Cole Beasley over Emmanuel Sanders every week? Yes. I oh, think yeah. I would be too. I, and again, over Aguilar, I think he would be in my lineup every week at this point, uh, especially with the looks of this roster. However, on the other side of the ball, Justin had a very impressive week, moving himself to 5-5, five and five, which is right in the mix for the playoffs. There's a few teams that are 5-5, five and five, and we'll talk about one that next. But this is a huge win for Justin. It turns out that the Aaron Jones trade for McCaffrey was a brilliant idea in Justin's situation because it seems like Christian McCaffrey is probably going to miss another week. So even though Aaron Jones only scored 14, still a very savvy move. Sorry for ripping on it beforehand, but... Who, there were a lot of very, very impressive performances on Justin's team as opposed to the Cheetah Girls. So, same question I asked for the Cheetah Girls, except flipped. Who had the most impressive game, in your opinion, on Justin's team? Stefan Diggs. Oh, much like the Cole almost Beasley, game winner. Beasley, just different. Yeah, like the, the, like Beasley was being dumped on for a bunch of clutch little plays here. here dumped on in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then digs. Everybody loves digs, a good uh, dump. The other side, normally a little bit bigger or longer plays, um, and maybe not quite as often, but but still really cool. He's just so fun. The Bills' offense is just fun to watch. Yeah, they had a get Especially right after their slump. Yeah, they had a get right week. They they were not looking very good the last three weeks or so, but this week last were, last were week they had impressed. their get right game because that was against Seattle. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. And so the get right game really showed like that though that that is real. Once you have a a weak defense to play against you can get your offense working again and, and kickstart them all right pick someone different and tell me why they had an impressive week uh, i'm gonna go with deontay johnson because he stayed healthy and he has shown that if he stays healthy he is a wide receiver one on that team and he actually this was the game that i felt like as a fan he looked the best 
Yeah, he looked really so good. So far this season. And he, was, he gets open. You can tell that he has good rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. He's talking to him a lot. Um, Definitely the, not a high catch rate because of so many targets mm-hmm. are deep. But the, the interesting thing in this one is, so that was a 3 o'clock game, but Justin was debating him or Antonio Gibson for the flex spot. And I'm sure when he was watching Antonio Gibson put up 22-5, including two touchdowns, he was regretting his choice immensely. But then De- uh, Deontay came out and scored 23-6 just to top out um, just to top out Gibson. Yeah. But Antonio Gibson, Gibson would have Gibson outran both Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt this week. So Yeah, he w- I was gonna talk about Gibson because we watched that game today and he had a tough day on the ground. He only had forty five yards. Um but those four catches and the twenty yards in the air were a nice boost mm-hmm. and he looked impressive. So he even did. though he had a really tough day actually getting yards the runs that he was able to produce on they were very impressive runs yep um another player that definitely needs to be mentioned is kareem hunt i was very scared about kareem hunt with nick chubb getting coming back um but it seems like they're going right back to how they were when chubb was there at the beginning of the season kareem hunt will still be used through the air for at least four targets a game um so i am not nervous about kareem hunt would you guys be moving forward or do you expect him to be a middling running back two the rest of the way? Upper middling running oh, okay. back two, I think. I'd so where say. would you put him? Just like random number, arbitrary. Eleventh or twelfth. Okay, so that's a wide. That's a running back one though. Eleven or twelve is in this league. Okay, I was gonna say fourteen. I think like um, he and he and Chubb it goes back to the the old um, Kamara stack. Kamara, what was that Hunt stack? Um, no, Kamara and Kamara. Latavius Murray. No, it was somebody oh. before Latavius Murray. I'm talking a couple seasons ago. And uh, oh, oh, Ingram, Mark Ingram, Ingram yeah. yeah, back when Ingram was relevant. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Justin did dodge a bullet. He played Jared Goff, who only scored ten points somehow, even though they beat Seattle. Um, with Ben Roethlisberger scoring thirty on his bench, so that's something to watch. See who Justin is actually going to play moving forward. I hate rostering two run- quarterbacks for that reason. You just tend to kick yourself a lot about it anyone else on justin's team that you guys want to talk about before we move on remember when hunt was the great running back down at kansas city he still is a great running back right but like now kansas city just doesn't care about running back yeah oh so fun so just fun to think about not on his team, but just the overall. Justin making a serious move here for the playoffs as he's one of the very few winners of people who need the, needed the wins. Yeah, that was clutch. And let's move on to another matchup with another team that desperately needed a win, which is potentially our game of the week. It was only a six-point spread between Carter Aisbit scoring 112 against Go-Go Power Rankings. Mighty Asian Power Rankings. Scoring 107. Sai falling to six and four. Meanwhile, Carter getting his fifth win, pulling up to 500 right alongside Justin. That's a big deal. Um, not an impressive week for either of these teams by any means, but there were some impressive players on each team. Uh, let's start with Sai. He's the loser here, but DeAndre Swift showed out. He had 16 carries for 81 yards, five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. That's another game we watched today. He was very very impressive so that is in my opinion something that you can expect to continue uh do you guys agree with swift for the rest of the year oh yeah oh i've been agreeing with swift for for a long time now yeah i feel like i feel like this is actually 
I'm going to look at his game a quick. Yeah, like this is his real breakout, but in the last five games since their bye week, 27, what, 14. One down game? Yeah, five, yep. and then 12 and 25. So he's got a really good schedule for the rest of the season too. Only one hard matchup in week 13 against Chicago. So mm-hmm. if Cy makes the playoffs, DeAndre Swift could be a big difference maker down the stretch. Another down game for Tyler Lockett. Um, what are we thinking about Tyler Lockett? He's still the wide receiver six on the season, which is obviously great. But aside from his 137-point week and his 153-point week, he really hasn't had that impressive of a season. So if you would have drafted Tyler Lockett, do you think you would be disappointed or happy that you did it? Uh, I think I have to go with happy but leery at this point. Like, you noted it. He has some pretty big ones, and otherwise you're kind of like, oh, man, I wanted more from him. So I'm thinking of him as more of a flex option, but... But, you know, when you're in the position of, I need a win, and I need something big, then there's always that hope of Tyler Lockett, so that's kind of fun. And that is size roster, really. Like, there's <laughs> just so many guys who might give you that big game, yeah. um, which is why he's a scary team to play. Dalvin Cook almost got it done for him on Monday night. All he needed was five more points from Dalvin Cook, and he would have had the win. Pretty sad. Couldn't Dalvin get Cook's it. worst game of the season, not coming in, of course, when he was injured. And it came tonight, or Cy could have pretty much solidified his place in the playoffs. Yeah, it was pretty like right before losses. right before the game, Cy was hanging out with us and he mentioned how he needs Dalvin Cook to really go off for him. We're like, oh yeah, shouldn't no be a problem. problem. <laughs> right. Quick twenty points, easy. So that opens the door for Carter, who just like Justin really needed a win and he got it. And so Justin and Carter have positioned themselves well to be real contenders now. Yeah, some the last person on uh Cy's team that I wanted to mention was Chase Claypool. Even when he has a bad game, like Chase Claypool did not really have a great game. He only caught four of his ten targets, but he is just an end zone magnet. They just—he's so much taller than everyone out there. They just mm-hmm. throw it to him in the end zone. So another two touchdowns for him on the season, very very impressive. Um, over on the other side of the ball, however, Juju also very impressive. Really, all of the Steelers wide receivers—you can't go wrong with any of them at this point. I remember a few weeks ago we were debating which one was the best. But now, for the rest of the season, do you think that the Steelers have legitimately um, potential to have three top 24 wide receivers for the rest of the season? Or do you think that they won't be able to put up that amount of, of production each week? No, I think that's pretty legit. All three of them, I mean, we've been saying it. They have three number ones or three number threes, how you view it. It's kind of irrelevant. They all are getting the ball. All right, some other players on on Carter's team had some very disappointing weeks, but he was bailed out by Naheem Hines scoring 28. Very impressive. Two touchdowns, five catches. Jonathan Taylor having another very disappointing week, and we'll talk to him when we get to Matt's team, I'm sure. But Naheem Hines, what do you expect legitimately from him for the rest of the season? Do you think he's going to be a hero for Carter's team, or do you think this is a flash in the pan? Well, it's a little hard to say flash in the pan because this isn't the first time that he's done it. Um, but he, well, he'd be your Tyler Lockett. He's, he's just a, like, you could get something really big. They decided to build the game around him one week, and boom, you've got it huge. And otherwise, you have kind of, uh. But I think that he's worth playing, at least in a flex position, even when he gets Austin Eckler back. That was my next question, Eli. I'll throw it to you because we just heard from Matthew, but... With Chris Carson and Austin Eckler back on Carter's team, would you play? Would you be playing 
Naheem Hines in the flex? Or would you want to be starting all three of the receivers that Carter got to start this week being Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, and Juju? I'm probably going with those three. I think Juju is probably the highest risk. A.J. Brown just had a down week. The Colts are, Colts are great. But A.J. Brown is also really, you really hear that, solid. Chad? The Colts are great. Eli just Colts said defense it. is oh, great. Okay, there you go. Phillip River, sorry, Phillip is uh, oh. not that great. <laughs> and so, like... I don't know. Yeah. When I think of Colts offense, I just think of pretty much garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and, but back on track, AJ Brown is expected yes. more than that. AJ Brown, sure. Juju, Cooper Cup, I'm not giving up that target share. Between uh, those three guys, you have on average 45 targets per week. Matthew, That's a lot. Cooper Cup is the one that I you I, would I, say I think Cooper I'd Cup. sit Cup and play Naheem Hines, assuming that, you know, Hines is getting more of a starting running back role. You're gonna on give up team. that twenty target ceiling. With Cooper Cup. What's crazy is that it's debatable. 20 targets. He, he got have 20, 20 targets, targets in, in week eight. a game. Yeah, in one this game. In one no, game. That being normal. said, no, but let's talk about Cooper Cup, though, because Tyler Lockett, I just mentioned, is the wide receiver six, right? Cooper Cup is the wide receiver 24, mm-hmm. but I would argue that for fantasy purposes, Cooper Cup has had a much better season than Tyler Lockett. When you look at his stat lines, he's been very consistent, not always great, but he only has two games below 10 points with eight and a four. Everything else is right around anywhere from 10 to 20, 10 to 20 which is, I think, pretty good for what he's, been, what he's been up to. He had a down game. I think he left with an injury this last week for part of the game. Um, but I expect him to find that zone more often, which is why I agree that I think I would have Hines on the bench. But maybe that means you can use him as your flex of the week later on in the season, Matthew, if you're... High on Hines, you can pick him over Cooper Cup later on. Quick tangent that yeah. I did a little bit of research on was if Chase Claypool can get four more touchdowns this season, the only person that he'll, the only rookie wide receiver that he'll be behind for a number of touchdowns, Randy Moss. Oh, wow, that's very impressive. It's weird though. Also, Randy Moss had seventeen. Him. He has so many rushing touchdowns as well. It's Two crazy. Of them. I. I love him. I'm glad that we drafted him. I was very excited when we got him from Notre Dame. But anyway, back on track. Anyone else in the matchup that you guys want to talk about before we move on to what's next? Nope. There's a lot of potential all over Carter's bench. I'll bring up, I mean, Jacoby Myers is there, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rager, Randall Cobb. He's got a lot of... Anybody who got Jacoby Myers should be thrilled right now but the but what's weird is he's not gonna be able to start any of those guys all they're gonna be is like heartbreakers for him i would start jacoby myers at this point over which one of those three Mm, you know like i would never sit those fair yeah but but i got yourself a point (laughs) but i guarantee that one of those three guys on the bench is going to outscore one of the three starters every single week and so they're just going to be heartbreakers sitting on his bench because I don't think that Cooper Cup might have a bye week in. coming up, right? No, no, it was last week. Never mind. <laughs> no, there's no more bye weeks uh, for Between those receivers. Those three, yeah. So. Not to mention John Brown also on his bench. So very strong bench for Carter. Probably won't come in handy. Unfortunate, but we'll see. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. Another matchup with some huge playoff implications, and that would be my matchup against. Oh, he now is named JT equals worth it, but it's Justin Tucker equals worth it. Very clever. Obviously, this week it didn't pan out for him. He, Matt, scored 79 points to the league officials, 120. Not the most exciting week for my team necessarily, but it was really nice to see Josh Jacobs perform again. Um, 
Finally had a multi-touchdown game like he did in week one with 29 points. Carried my team to a victory. Um, who? Tell me about DJ Moore, Matthew. We're both still DJ Moore owners. We held on to him all season long. I don't know how he's doing in terms of our bet, Eli, against uh, him and Robbie Anderson. Maybe you can check in on that while oh, Matthew tells us Italian. how he feels. But it seems like he needs a long touchdown to really pay off. Yes. Yes, that's how it feels. And so this week it worked out for us. Uh, a nice long touchdown. He looks good when he does it, but I just think like he could also do short things, guys. Give him the ball. <laughs> right. Like if as great as Robbie Anderson has been and looked this season, I feel like if they would have used DJ Moore on all those short routes, they probably would have gotten more total yards. That's just a hunch, obviously, and we'll never be able to tell. But for sure it is frustrating. Um, Devonta Adams, kind of a down week by his standards, 66 yards on eight catches and a touchdown with a fumble. Um, two big disappointments that I did not expect to disappoint me. Duke Johnson, um, got the starting role with David Johnson with a brain bleed and DJ Dallas. Um, I thought he was the starter, but all of a sudden they have chosen to start someone else. So both those guys, interesting situations on my team hopefully it won't matter though anyone else you guys want to talk about on my team current points as of right now robbie anderson has 147.5 tj moore 136.6 11 points low he's catching up i love it we got plenty of time he was closer last week i believe no oh two weeks closer yeah the kansas city game separated them a little bit yeah all right over on the other side of the ball russell wilson with a very disappointing week Mm -hmm. it it was strange to, to watch Russell Wilson play. His offensive line really got destroyed by Aaron Donald, though. Um, that is a scary man. Yes. He had three turnovers on the game and no touchdowns, so that is disappointing. Another disappointment is James Robinson. Obviously, we all yeah, watched the Packers Yeah, this might be game. the biggest shocker of the week to me, is Especially James Robinson. With the Packers' run defense really mm-hmm. being That's why, very yeah. porous. Do you guys think... We all watched the game. Do you think it was because the Packers' run defense stepped up, or do you think that James Robinson looked a little slow? I think, think it was a little bit more of that. Because he still found the holes, and he still got there, but he wasn't just able to break free. Once he got to the Packers' He's secondary, he just got stopped. Like Typically, the secondary doesn't do anything to slow down the running back, and they just pick up those extra couple of yards. Yeah. It seems like end zone, but yeah, it just wasn't there. Those arm tackles are definitely effective. Well, sure, but I mean, one touchdown add to him, and he has almost a twenty-point game. I mean, he still averaged almost four and a half yards a carry. That's not at all a horrible. Sure, this given how he's been running, of course, it's for sure. These are almost numbers that I would expect to see from Derrick Henry on a down week. So, right. twenty-three I guess that's carries. A <laughs> oh, for sure. I I think that James Robinson is one of the few. I mean, when it, we think of workhorse backs, it's like. Ezekiel Elliott when he's healthy, James Robinson somehow, mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, like who else, Saquon when he's healthy, but not even really Kamara is a workhorse back, mm-hmm. as great as he is. So I think that the if Jacksonville doesn't draft a running back, holy cow, he's going to be, he's going to be a monster. Somehow fell through the cracks of the draft. Some other disappointments though on Justin's roster Michael Thomas, what do we expect from Michael Thomas for the rest of the year with Jameis Winston probably going to start the next two games? Correction, Matt least. Strowman's roster, not Justin's roster. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just I the always JT. do that every time we do that. But 
What do we expect from Michael Thomas with uh, Jameis? I think that two for seven, 27 yards might not be <laughs> too far off. <laughs> Granted, last year, Jameis Winston did support the number two and number four wide receivers. Maybe they get there just with a couple more picks along the way. So, do you like it? But I wonder so how often you're we'll calling Taysom Hill. Like, how often he'll come in and do some substitute plays or, you know, whatever. It wouldn't surprise me if it's almost half and half. I right. Yeah, that should be really saying. fun. Um, Justin Tucker on his lineup still and only five points. So Justin Tucker definitely totally not worth it though. <laughs> yeah, worth apparently. Worth the free pickup off the waivers. Let's check his. Oh, he finally made the right call though and played the right defense. The Steelers were a good play with twelve points, outscored both of his bench defense by seven <laughs> points. Um, so that's good. He nicknamed Marvin Jones. It's a Detroit player. So dot 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 dot. I think that means it's a Detroit player, so I'm never going to play them. Why so roster him? Have you wonder? Yeah. Well, yeah, and then also, he ends up being the highest scorer on Matt's entire roster for the week. So that's pretty ironic and funny. Um, <laughs> why would he have? Why? Why would anybody have the Seahawks defense? That is the last I'm team that sure. I would ever want. There's a. This he is, said there's a reason. He said there's a reason. There is a reason, and like, I will be waiting for it. He said Jets or something. We mentioned how bad Jonathan Giants, Taylor was Jets, this week. Washington yeah. in week in during the playoffs. Yeah, I still wouldn't start him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor though only five point seven sitting on the bench at least, but very disappointing. Cam Akers is another running back that just hasn't panned out. He had a lot of rookie hype, uh, but disappointing. He, what's confusing is he has two of probably the top twelve tight ends in Rob Gronkowski and Mark Andrews, so. I feel like there's a lot of moves that Matt should make for his team, but I know that he won't make any of those moves. I think what confused me, you it's moved too right late past now. Cam Akers, but I'd say in a standard league, Cam Akers has absolutely zero value for next season. So what has Cam Akers done this season that makes him even close to worth having kept? I just don't understand it. Yeah, what about... Uh... Well, I mean, you could say that about so many people on Matt's team, though, you know? Like, like the Seahawks defense. Like the Seahawks defense. I mean, Drew Brees really well, hasn't been but, good. But Seahawks, you can say, but he's he's looking ahead saying, oh, he'll probably be valid for it. What would make you think that Cam Akers has been worth keeping to say, yeah. hey, he'll be used down the stretch or something like that? I just don't see any any value in having kept him. Yeah, absolutely none, really. And when you look at Matt's roster in my opinion he's wasting almost five roster spots like justin jackson's the one guy that i might say like yeah i would keep him probably but he's wasting five roster spots with drew Brees, justin jackson cam Akers, and two defenses so saving justin tough. jackson right now is like you're you're putting him that he just got placed on ir and eckler's coming back and eckler's coming back so that's that's a pretty thin margin there yeah. Especially with the emergence of Kalen Balazs. I know he Kalen Balazs didn't do much this week, but it shows like if they need to sit Justin Jackson for a while, they're probably going to. And then even when he comes back, it's not huge. Mm, yep, I completely agree. Um I feel like I should definitely um also insult myself because I for the first time all season am rostering two defenses. I was and I chose the it. wrong one. <laughs> but I would also like to defend myself. I picked up the Saints with the intention to play them over the Chargers and forgot to make that change. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, though. That's how it goes. 
things move on. Should we do our waiku now, or do you want to save it for later, Eli? Sure, I would love to. All right, let's do the waiku. Also, while Eli pulls up the waiku, um, big playoff implications for this one as well. Matt falling to five and five right there along with Carter and Justin. Me moving up to four and six. So I'm knocking on the door. All I need is for those it's, three teams to take a loss. It is a tight, so. tight middle. Carter at five and five. Uh, Cy at six and four. Still alive, Tad baby. Six Let's and four. go. Also, oh, technically, yeah. I should mention that Elisha is also still alive because he won as well. But all right, let's get to our waiku. All right. Who's my kicker for next week? Waiku. The perfect kicker can be very hard to find. So begins the chase. We're going back to the Jags, baby. Who Chase McLaughlin. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not He had good. a great week last week. Did Josh Lambo get hurt again? Or why is Chase McLaughlin kicking for that? That's a great question. <laughs> I might do some research and find out. All right, Chase McLaughlin is my kicker next week, and he's going to bring me to victory. Guess who they're up against? I don't know. They are up Titans. against... Pittsburgh. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> well, actually, that could be really good. But with kickers, you never really know what's good or what's bad, and that's why they should be Something tells league. me but anyway. that Chase McLaughlin is going to be going up against the Steelers. They're not going to get anything, and then they're going to have, like, one. Let's put two hands. One field goal uh, attempt. I bet two hands that he'll get over five. Mm, make it. Six. Make six and a half over under. You take the over. All right, deal. Two hams. Put, two it hams. On. Put it on the board. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. That way, that gives me a two-field goal cushion. Yeah, there you go. Short it, field goal. It is the stinker game of the week by far. Also, more playoff implications because Jeremiah Wallander falls to four and six, only scoring 67 points on the week against the South Dakota standouts, who scored 102 but squeaked by with a victory, which brings all three of us, myself, Elisha and Jeremiah all to four and six right there taking up the eight, nine, ten spots. Um, so technically all three of us still have the potential to make the playoffs. I would say of those three teams, I'm going to give myself the best chance, but let's jump into this matchup over on Jeremiah's side. It was just disappointments all around except for one bright spot being J.D. McKissick. He continues to produce craziest stat of the week, potentially, is the 15 targets for J.D. McKissick. Yeah. He got the ball thrown to him 15 times. Holy cow. Um, which one of these players, though, was the most surprising disappointment? Because I don't think many things were expected from any of these guys, but which one of them actually surprised you by being bad? Uh, Brandon Cooks, for me, because of the lack of yardage. He, he typically gets significantly more yardage and a, a couple more targets. Talk so, about an ugly game. Oh my gosh. The Browns the Browns have this amazing ability to turn their opponents into trash as well. It's like and no one's good. Everybody comes to Cleveland and turns to garbage. It's like how could you be a Browns fan when the games are not fun to watch? I don't know. Hannah hasn't been able to explain it to me. You watch it for the Baker commercials. Yeah. That's what, it. What about you, Matthew? Which one of these guys is the most surprising disappointment? Oh, Travis Fulgham, who, who since he started That's a good one, yeah. in week four, hasn't ever had less than double digits. Uh, he's I mean, He's been amazing, as fantasy-wise. And a 1-8, that's, to me, the easiest Especially against the Giants. 5-4, yep. 
Yeah. Is is Zach while we were talking about wasted roster spots, is Zach Ertz also a wasted roster spot at this point? Yes. And he has been for a couple mm-hmm. weeks, right? Okay, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy for thinking that. For me, the the biggest surprise disappointment on on Jeremiah's team is Ryan Tannehill. I and this goes multiple weeks back. Uh, for the last four weeks, he's really underperformed and disappointed me. He had 17, 17, 14, and 10. And I really thought back in weeks five and six, he scored 30 and 28 in back-to-back weeks. And at that point, I really thought, wow, Ryan Tannehill is going to be good all year. So he has just kind of fallen apart, um, which is leading to the Titans really falling apart. So it'll be interesting to see if they can right the ship there. I don't really think there's anyone else worth mentioning on, uh, on Jeremiah's roster. So let's hop over to Elisha. Honestly, really not an impressive week whatsoever, but enough to get the job done. Uh, Eli, pick a player. Tell me about their week. Tell me why it matters. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. He did very, very well with what he's got. I almost said Malcolm, um, Malcolm Brown, but it, it's just too wishy-washy there. So I'm, I'm sticking with Brandon Ayuk. He, he did really well with what he got, uh, even though the 49ers couldn't really put much together. Uh, he still still played his part. Um, 14 targets, nothing wow. to wag your finger at. So Only seven catches, but yeah, that was 14 targets. is pretty incredible, especially yeah. when Nick Mullins is throwing to you. I'm going to guess that those seven incompletions were probably not his Oh, fault. I forgot about <laughs> like there's. I watched a little bit of it, and there was many, many poor passes <laughs> from Nick Mullins. So the we Kyle and I were talking yesterday about um, adding in drops as a, or, or missed catches as some form of negative scoring. Um, yeah, like but a then, minus a half a point yeah. for every incompletion or something. My my defense against it was basically Nick Mullins would be the reason why you wouldn't want to because there's just so many passes that are throwaways that count as receivers being targeted. All right. Uh, Matthew, Eli just mentioned it. Malcolm Brown also had a big week with Brandon Ayuk. Oh, real quick, sorry. Brandon Ayuk was one of my flexes of the week, so hooray. Point. Correct it. I, I got it correct. Anyway, but Matthew, Malcolm Brown... Eli mentioned a good week, 19 points. Do you think that this 19-point performance, the reason he got 19 points, by the way, guys, is because he had two touchdowns, but do you think this performance matters more for Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson, or do you think this performance doesn't really matter at all? That one. I don't think it really matters at all. He got the touchdowns, but it's very clear that unless you're in a situation maybe like Elisha, I wouldn't be starting him unless I really have no choice because... Meh. he might score a touchdown and then be worth some value. Although, in the last couple of weeks, Daryl Henderson, ha- he barely broke double digits this week and hasn't broken double digits since week five. This so... is, with all three of those Rams running backs healthy again, they went right back to how they started the year with all three of them getting touches at random points of the game. Do you right. think he just has like a spin wheel Ron on the side? He carried it of six the, times. He just yeah. got touchdowns. That's, Which that's is, the difference. After seeing this game, I think that not necessarily this performance, but that whole game matters the most for Daryl Henderson because until further notice, I'm not starting Daryl Henderson. Correct. Whereas I had him in one of my leagues uh, for ML, my MLC league, and I was starting him for a, a bunch of weeks in a row. But he is now firmly planted on my bench. However... Another player, an actual disappointing player for the last two weeks, James, James Conner has scored Conner. under yeah, seven points. He had four points against Dallas and six point eight against Cincinnati. Both defenses have been bad against running backs. So and they 
What's going and on? Pittsburgh had a huge lead. That's in this what game. I was going to ask you, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. What is going on with James Conner? See, both of the games that I've watched, they used like in the last two weeks, they used James Conner early, but he disappoints early. Like he has all these three yard runs to start the game with, and he doesn't really break off a chunk play. And then they just start chucking the ball. And then they remember that all of their best players are wide receivers. And they're like, why would we give the ball to James Conner anymore? And so I really think that because they have three receivers who are as talented as Juju Claypool and Deontay Johnson, I just think that they would rather put the ball in their hands, which is why you've seen in the last few weeks. So I'll just go through his rushing attempts for the last for the whole season, really. He got injured week one, so we'll ignore that. But then he had 16, 18, 15, 20, 20, 15. And then the last two weeks, he has nine and 13 with only two targets in both of those games, which is a low number for him. So I really think that they're just deciding we can win with our receivers. Mm-hmm. Why would we risk giving it to Connor? So I that's think my that's, take. There's, there's value in that, but I would probably argue that if that's the case, if they're giving to the receivers, then in this case, the the pass should be setting up the run. So then of the 13 carries that he got, you would expect way better production than what he got. And so I'd say he still got it 13 times and averaged, what, less than three yards a carry. Like, he did not do well and he played he the ball. Yeah, and he played the most snaps that he has all season with an 88% snap share. So it's, very, it's a very confusing situation. And mm-hmm. honestly, as a Steelers fan, I don't expect it to change. Like, I don't think that James Conner is a top 15 running back for the rest of the year especially with his schedule. Jacksonville's a great matchup next week, but then he has Baltimore, Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis. So I don't think the future is bright for James Conner, personally. Anything else you guys want to add about James Conner? I would love to see him go away just so that we have a clearer picture of the Pittsburgh backfield. I would because, like, it's he's a, he's a fine runner, but his place is not in Pittsburgh, no. and he's too fragile to be like a first-round draft pick next year, so... He's not very exciting. He's yeah. like, oh, he got the ball again, and he fell forward for four yards. Yeah. What do you do? Anthony McFarlane, though, he's exciting. Like, give that guy the ball and let him pop a linebacker and see if he can break a tackle. But that's just my opinion. Um, Elisha had some disappointing plays, one of the biggest ones being Devontae Parker, the man that I suggested he sit. Who had a more impressive performance to Mike Evans? with six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown, or Keelan Cole, five catches, 47 yards, and two touchdowns. Keelan Who Cole. impressed you more? Keelan Cole. Mike Evans, all of his production is just manufactured by Bruce Arians. It's, it does not seem like he has, he has chemistry with Brady. It just feels like Bruce Arians goes to Brady and says, throw him the ball, otherwise he'll be upset. And that, that's how I feel about Mike Evans. So Keelan Cole... Well done. His he had some he he had a really nice run back for a touchdown, um, and decent play against the Packers. So I, I liked Keelan Cole's performance way better than Mike Evans. All right, is it possible that we're really sleeping on Elisha's team moving forward? Let me explain why I say that. Possibly, I this already see where you're going with it. Somehow he came out with a win this week, right? That might propel him to make the playoffs because he survived a bye week of Ezekiel Elliott and Tyreek Hill, right? So imagine Elisha gets to start Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, 
And then potentially Raheem Mostert coming on off the bench, taking the place of James Conner if Conner can't get it together. What do you think of what do you think the chance is that Elisha wins out and makes the playoffs? Where would you put his likelihood at right now? Very low. You still have I, him below twenty five percent chance? I just because of who I mean he has to win out and then he he needs real high scores like this sort of sort of such to do it and I, I I can't remember his schedule off the top of my head, but he's playing Justin, right? Yeah, he plays Justin next week, and let me go quick go and check. Then, Cheetah Girls. They're a wild card. And week 13, he's Matt got... Matt Stroman. Matt Stroman. That's not an easy schedule that he has, but Justin is the, the biggest There's a lot of harder schedules out there. No, but right, even, but if, even though it's a hard schedule... Real, real, real threat to him. I think that it actually adds, his schedule actually adds, in my mind, to his likelihood of making the playoffs. Because if he manages to win, which I think, based on the players he has, he could do very well any given week. Added to the fact that he also is playing against two playoff contenders in Justin and Matt. Like, because he's playing those guys... If he wins those games, it boosts his likelihood even more to beat them and, and make the playoffs. So I'm putting him at probably, I would say he's got a 50% shot. I was going to say 45% shot. Okay. I'd give him less than 25. I, I, he has to beat Justin, and I yeah. just don't think that's going to happen. That's the big, that's the the big difference. Huge, yeah. And then, and then I'd say against the other teams, he might beat them. He might beat Matt's team. He might beat the Cheetah Girls. I would say if he... If he pulls off the win against Justin this week, I think that he's got it. All right, higher percent I chance. I would shoot my percentage way up. I would agree with that. Higher percent chance. Right now, I have 26 more points scored than him. Mm-hmm. Who has a higher chance, me or Elisha? Depends. Are you going to play J.K. Dobbins? <laughs> no, I don't need to anymore. Hmm. I'll see. You're scared. I think the fact that you have Devontae Adams in your lineup... And that Joe Mixon is probably going to come back. Those are the things that I see, and I'm like, that's that's a pretty solid point cushion right there. And so if and you can maintain really that back 120 too. per week, it should be pretty. But you pretty have a tougher decent. schedule. You have Carter and Cy. He has Justin. Right. So it's it's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of things that are going to come down to the wire in this league here. Very exciting. All right, let's move on to our next matchup here. Another big blowout, Eli. Let's talk about it. 83 points scored for the Landlord against Balzo Fury scoring 123. Honestly... Eli, tell me about your team. Honestly, I almost forgot the players that I started this week. I have reached the point where, like, I just... Don't care? It's bad. I still care, but I'm kind of coasting until playoffs when I can start to make my run for... Uh, number consolation one dra- draft bracket. pick spot again. Are you gonna take the number one spot again if you oh, if yeah. you win the consolation bracket? Uh no 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 no. Um definitely not number one spot again. Overall, pick? I've I've had my heart broken two years in a row. Um I I'm probably gonna pick towards the end of the gra- draft just to give myself a little bit more of a cushion. Hmm. Very interesting. Um one player that's really exciting is Nick Chubb. He had 19 yeah. carries, the same amount of carries as Kareem Hunt. But he had a little bit more yards with the touchdown. Scored less points than Kareem Hunt just because there was no passing work there. But Nick Chubb, 
He did back have from that, injury looking decent. He did have the big run back right at the end, or run right at the end of the game, which he could have gotten it into the end zone for, but he smartly ran it out to stop. Oh the yeah, clock. that's when he stopped on like the one yard yep. line, right? Okay. Yep. So it was a really smart play by Nick Chubb. Um if if I was in a competitive game, my heart would have been broken. Um Luckily but, we didn't have to care. Yep. Yeah. Uh biggest disappointment, honestly, to me is Zach Moss in my game. Um, followed by Jarvis Landry. Both of those guys I thought would have done well. Followed my fun by play Justin of Jefferson? the week. No, because my fun play of the week was Darnell Mooney. Um what? What? But what? every single person in the game tonight was just very sad. Not Adam quite. Thielen had a great game. Justin but. Jefferson had a better game. Justin oh, Jefferson had eight catches for 135 yards with 21 points. Obviously, I don't think that a lot, uh, Eli had enough points on his roster to beat CJ, but that's okay. Anyone else on... Well, maybe Chris Godwin. He had kind of a quiet game, but six catches for 92 yards. That's I was pretty fun. happy with that when... With... um. The full three wide receiver, wide receivers yeah. out there. The Bucks just were unstoppable through the air. Yeah, I think the only reason it's disappointing is because there was forty six points scored by the Buccaneers, and he didn't get one of those touchdowns. Right. It definitely seems like he is low on the food chain when it comes to the red zone and the touchdowns. Exactly. Which when it comes why, to red zone, he's yeah. he's the one who gets the ball down there, and then Brady just again Brady is told by. Arians that he needs to go to certain people. I don't think that's how it goes. (laughs) Oh, I really think that he's like that. Evans is unhappy with his usage, and so that's why he gets the red zone targets. You think that's how much of a system quarterback Tom Brady is? Oh yeah, coach just tells me absolutely. He's been working under Bill Belichick for the last twenty years. Matthew, you've been listening. He's been listening to a coach. Eli's assessment makes it sound more to me like these are grade schoolers playing at recess, and he's like, Mike Evans can oh, act like a grade schooler. Get mad if I don't pass it, so I'm gonna do that. All right, here's my next question: What's a bigger wasted roster spot, Derek Carr on your bench, or Cam Akers on your bench? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Derek Carr as a bigger wasted roster spot than I, I think that's probably true. All right, anyone else you want to talk about, Eli? No. All right, let's jump it's over bad. then to CJ's team. CJ and Matthew, I'll just spoil it, both the top two seeds getting wins this week, so no movement up top. CJ, another great performance by Aaron Rodgers, who has proven me completely wrong. I have not liked Aaron Rodgers for fantasy purposes for the last five years or so, and this year is the year that Aaron Rodgers got back to like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Tell me... Obviously, the next three weeks are really tough for Rodgers with Indianapolis, Chicago, and Philadelphia. But he might have the best, the best um, playoff matchup with Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee. Yes, Eli. I have a quote from Coach Bruce Arians. Oh, geez. Let's go back to Bruce Arians. Let's go. <laughs> Mike was open a bunch in that ball game. Coach Bruce Arians said. He didn't get targeted at all. That was all. Mike was open. He got targeted a lot. He had like 11 last year, targets. This was last oh, week. That not was this the past week. week. Okay. And so... And then he got 11 targets. Yes! Squeaky wheel game. But that... Oh my gosh. That was Bruce Arians pointing out. That wasn't because Mike Evans whined to no. Brady. It's very true. Look how often he was open, Brady. Let's, let's get you guys on the same page. Squeaky wheel game. They watched the tape and realized what they were doing wrong. But now let's talk about CJ's team. Wayne Gallman with a surprising 19 points. What... Do you expect from Wayne Gallman? Is he the leader in that backfield? Is Devontae Freeman still on that team? I can't remember. He's injured. Is yeah. he get, did he get hurt? I didn't hear that. He only played 56% of the snaps in the last two games. 
But in the last four games, Wayne Gallman has been impressive with a touchdown in every single game, 16, 13, 14, and 19 points. He has a bye week next week. But what do you expect from Wayne Gallman once he comes back off bye? Do you think he's going to be a difference maker for CJ's team? No. It's it's nothing that's super impressive. It's you know the, the touchdowns are, are what's what's helping him by far. Your your theory takeaway those those two touchdowns. He has almost nothing. Yep, that's that's for sure. So then I guess would you rather be starting Damien Harris, who got twenty two carries, or would you rather be starting Wayne Gallman for the rest of the season? Damien Harris. Yeah, I think so too. Bar injury. That being said, he might have to start both if um, McCaffrey misses another week. David Johnson should be back by the playoffs, um, but at that point, I don't know if you're going to want to play him anyway. So it's a tough call. CJ's going to have some Wait, tough decisions. Wait, if McCaffrey's back, you would not play him? No, I was talking about David Johnson. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. McCaffrey, when he comes back, obviously you play him. I was already wrong on that once. <laughs> don't want to be caught <laughs> on the wrong side of history twice. twice. <laughs> and I will not be wrong twice. Um disappointments dj chark uh which brings up matthew's start of the, of the week yes matthew suggested marquez uh obviously that panned out do you want to say anything about mvs he uh, only we should talk about marquez for a second because he looked good but he only had four catches but he looked great on four catches but it, it's what? That's more catch. That's double the catches than he's had all season. It keeps going back to this, like, man, when the man can actually catch the ball, he does well. He just doesn't catch the balls like Devontae Adams. He literally has not caught more than four catches in a game all season. In that game, the minute he caught that, he basically did it on one play. It was a huge. He had a couple other big plays too, but it was a huge touchdown catch. And after that touchdown catch, I said to Eli, mostly as a joke, like, well, at least we know what the next five plays are going to be, are drops from Marquez. But <laughs> drop, he, drop, 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 drop. But he did well. He actually caught a lot of passes, and he did very well. So congrats on hitting on that flex of the week. TJ Hawkinson was very involved in the game plan, it seemed. At least when I was watching the game, I thought he would yeah. have had more than four targets based on watching that game, but he didn't. Two very impressive performances. Adam Thielen did it with the touchdowns, and DeAndre Hopkins did it with the yardage. Both of them scoring 20 and 25 points. We already mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Glorious. Holy cow. Glorious. No, we, and we didn't mention Kyler Murray. That was also an incredible play on his part, extending the play, running out of the sideline, hailing it up there. About the only place that it could have gone for, for Hopkins to come down with it. Amazing catch. No, not taking that away from him, but Kyler Murray also well played. After the game, Kyler Murray tweeted something along the lines of like, oh, shit. I think Hop is down there somewhere. <laughs> and he has like a genie lamp emoji. <laughs> it was pretty good. So I laughed at that. Um, a head scratcher to me is why on earth CJ would start Tremaine Pope. I don't. I if you want to find, got that if idea. you want to find somebody who is valuable to start over Tremaine Pope. You go to the go side. To you go to the side of the screen and you click on this thing that says available. And then you hit the RB, and yeah. then that will show you Everything. a lot of players that are a better start than Tremaine Pope. I would, I would like to hear, CJ, we appreciate your faithful listening to our podcast. We would love to hear what your logic was on, on that choice. Yes. CJ had three options, all of which I would have started no-brainer over him. Kalen Balaj on the same team. Um, he had the same... Kalen Balaj had the same week as last week. Yes. So... 
I don't know. Tremaine Pope had zero points last week, so I don't know why CJ thought that would flip, but he did. Um, another player he could have started, Cordero Patterson or Damian Harris, like we mentioned. None of those guys had great weeks, like 12, 12, and 15, but... They all, all better had better zero. weeks than obviously, Tremaine Pope. Obviously, it didn't matter for CJ. He still came out with the win, but that is a head scratcher. So let us know, CJ. Anyone else you guys want to mention before we move on to our next matchup? All right, we're moving on then. Let's go to your matchup. Another one of the games that could have been the game of the week. Um, Matthew Brownie Thunder scoring 127 against Chad Dale, 111. Huge playoff implications. We talked about how we thought Chad might fall to the playoffs. Both him and Cy taking those losses and going to 6-4, and four, moving within one game of the edge of the playoffs picture. Let's talk about your team first, Matthew. Go ahead. Uh, who do you love the most on this roster? There's a lot of players to love. Who do you love the most out of all of them? you got to pick a favorite. Well, this week, kind of Sanders. I was really proud of because not, not Miles Sanders, let me tell you. I'm talking about my kicker here. Um, I'm saying that the reason I'm so proud of him is because I actually was like, all right, I'm going to keep Waiku because I'm not letting Eli take him back. I'm not giving him the satisfaction. So I have to like drop players to, to have two kickers on my roster. And I actually like went through and like did all this like math in my head and predictions and such. And so I really felt like he was a legit strategic pick. Now it's true that Boswell was the other kicker I was going to take. And he was like 13 or 14 points too, I think. And so it really wouldn't have mattered because I had him pretty pretty narrowed down. But I was really happy with how that, that panned out for sure. Yeah. What I just heard is that you're happy that you picked a good kicker, but also you wasted a lot of time thinking about kickers. <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't matter which one you picked. It's they both so true that it wouldn't have mattered in the end, but boy was I happy when he was doing well. Eli, do you want to... Um, Kamara is an obvious. You always yeah. just have to shout this man out. Eight carries. Eight carries for 15 yards. That's it. Stinker of a match, really. Manages 30. You should probably bench because of his receptions and touchdowns. Wow. Right. Thank you, Alvin. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, Alvin Kamara is not a workhorse running back at all. He's a receiver. Like, that's he's a gadget receiver. He caught seven passes for 83 yards. That's where, like, that's where his, that's where he made a difference in this game. Like, yes, he scored three touchdowns, but those three touchdowns probably could have been scored by anyone. The difference he made for this team was his receiving work. But um, I think in the, in the coming weeks, we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more running back work from him because of Drew Brees being out. Oh, for sure, yes. Him and Latavius Murray almost have to shoulder this load, I think. Yeah. And obviously then Michael Thomas will benefit. Josh Allen had an amazing game, lost to Arizona in a heartbreaker, but he played very well. Two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown as well, so put up 27 Lots of impressive performance. Even Terry McLaurin, he had 17 points with a fumble. So he it wasn't a rushing 19. touchdown, by the way. It was a pass. He it was a receiving oh, touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah a receiving touchdown. touchdown. He that was such a fun game for me to watch because I had Josh Allen playing against Kyler Murray, and I have Kyler in the other league, and and then of course I have Stephon Diggs as well. So that was just so fun for me to watch. For a while, though, they were just... being good football. But yeah, there was one they little stretch where they were like, trading interceptions when I needed them to go up in points. There was like, like three interceptions on back-to-back-to-back. To back to back I feel like Josh over. Allen is Brett Favre reincarnate. And so it's fun to me because I don't remember watching Brett Favre as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely remember watching him play when I was younger. But it, it's not nearly so much as watching Aaron Rodgers as I grew up. And so... Josh Allen is, it's like a flash from the past for me. Mm. Yeah, 
Um, that one thing's for sure is that your roster is still definitely the healthiest in the league, Matthew, and like the best in the league. Getting Miles Sanders back is a big thing. Uh, Terry McLaurin has proved me wrong. I did not think that he was good enough to overcome really bad um, quarterback play, but Alex Smith looked good. And so for that reason, I think that Terry McLaurin has a wonderful rest of the season ahead of him. Um, probably the biggest disappointment for your team this week was one of Eli's flexes of the week, Christian Kirk. Yeah, he was a big disappointment to me. He only had six targets in this very high-scoring game. Yep. It was just, it seems like when the Cardinals want to, DeAndre Hopkins is the only thing on their team that matters. Yeah. And that was one of this, yep. this week, for sure. Um, just double his points and he's there. And I do <laughs> want to say, you said I have a very healthy roster. It's true that the guys that are on my roster now are healthy, but do keep in mind, I lost George Kittle. And so my, my team was actually even cooler. Cry me a river. I said it was even Cry cooler. me I'm a not river. I have a bad so team. This is what I was going to bring up before we moved on to, to Chad's team, is that although your roster is, in my opinion, the best in the league right now, all it takes is one catastrophic thing to happen to Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah, I'm done. And you're done for? Hey, Chad, can you pick so up, this uh, is, I don't know, Latavius Murray, Taysom Hill, somebody. <laughs> so this is my... My question to you, the obvious weak point on your roster is your tight end. But aside from that, your flex really isn't all that strong either. Um, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk is your best option this week. So in my opinion, when I look at your roster, it's either Christian Kirk or Corey Davis that I, I want to start Davis there. From here on out. So yeah, I, I, who I are disagree you going that my flex is a bad option. I think between Corey Harris and Christian Kirk, those are both likely, likely to get you double digits. Corey Harris? Corey Corey Davis, I'm sorry, yeah. (laughs) That's an old school Packer. Um, um, So I'm not really that sad about my flex options on my team, and arguably Leonard Fournette is a flex option if they ever start using him instead of Mr. Fumble himself. Yeah, I was okay, about to... Hey, <laughs> okay, hey, hey, Don't worry, I'll give you a chance oh, to talk about my. Ronald Jones, but Leonard Fournette is someone that before the week started, if I'm remembering correctly, Matthew was toting him as this great running back and this wonderful option, and he's going to have a good week, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Fournette is also someone that CJ has just been like beating the drum for ever since the draft. I think I know where Eli and I stand on this whole Ronald Jones. Or whoa, Leonard whoa, thing. whoa. Are you trying to jump onto the Ronald Jones wagon? Wait, he always was. He was I have Leonard never Fournette. liked either of them. But now I'm willing, and I've but I I've never liked either of them. But I've always said Ronald Jones is better. That's right, good. that's yes. fair. And you always say that Ronald Jones. And is right better. now I'm saying Ronald Jones is still better than him for now. I'm not saying I'm not taking credit for him being great. He had a great week. I still don't think Ronald Jones is good. Yeah. He should have got tackled. I'm apprehensive to say that we are in the same camp. Okay, I'm a, I'm sitting Leonard on the Fournette fence. Is a good player. You still think Leonard Fournette's good? Yes, huh? I don't know that's totally him. Like he's this just greatest of all time type guy that you're. All right, somebody look back and see if Matthew. I believe Matthew said that I once. I yeah. think Matthew said that Leonard Fournette is going to be the number one running back on the season. I think you heard he that, said, right? Yeah, I remember him saying that he was <laughs> oh, debating yes, starting yes, Leonard Fournette yes, over Alvin Kamara, and I right. convinced him not to. But mm-hmm. he I'm was glad that we're it. both here to look out for Matthew. Like, yeah, thank you. So. I guess I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to bring up Leonard Fournette and how he is once again a disappointment. So, would you rather it's a disappointment sitting on my bench? No, that this I'm is crushed. no. This is why I'm bringing it up. Like I have not looked at. Let me pull up Leonard Fournette's schedule for the rest of the year. It's pretty favorable. 
in the playoffs, especially his Kansas City in Week 12, which is decent. But then in the playoffs, he has Minnesota, uh, which is a good run matchup. Atlanta is always a good offensive player matchup in general. And Detroit is one of the best teams to play running backs against. So the reason I bring this up is that in the playoffs, do you expect that you're going to be starting Leonard Fournette? Or would you rather start Corey Davis going against someone like Cleveland and Jacksonville? I would unlikely be starting Fournette. I would have to see that Arians realized how often Ronald Jones drops the ball and decides to use Leonard Fournette instead. Um, or, you know, that Leonard picks up his game. And that that's becomes a consistent thing. Leonard, because You do it a lot. That does, that, I'm not denying that. I've never denied that. And so, so I think that, like, once... If he can pick up his game, and that's true that he's consistently getting more touches and more carries and you know looking good, but if he's splitting with, with Ronald Jones um, or getting less than Ronald Jones, then no, I'm not really interested in, in starting him. But I, I at okay. least like that I have something. I have nothing as far as backup running backs on my bench. Yeah. And so he's at least an option. Right. Um, which is why I mentioned if you have an, another injury, it's going to be tough sledding for sure. Mm-hmm. Another tough decision you're going to have to make every week is at your tight end spot. Or do you think you're just going to drop Burton and just roll Higby out there every week and hope for the best? Or do yeah, you that's, expect that's to the most likely scenario, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Well, then let's jump over to Chad's team. He had not – like there are plenty of teams that won with less points than Chad. So it's got to be disappointing for him here. He only scored 111, not enough to come through. Lamar Jackson had 21, which – let me double-check this quick – 21 is his fourth highest score on the week. This was the fourth best week that Lamar Jackson has had all season, which is not what we would have expected in draft season, to say the least. Don't draft quarterbacks early. Um, some other players that were a disappointment, I guess. like Not that Lamar Jackson was a disappointment this week, but Mike Davis, quiet. I don't expect more than eight points from him next week as well. Uh, looks like he got hurt. Does anyone know what's up with Mike Davis? He's questionable. No idea. Keep your eye on it, I guess. But surprisingly, Chad, maybe he did it out of necessity, but he started Ronald Jones with 25, one of his highest scores. Um, I guess I would love to know where do you expect this timeshare to actually shake out? Like, I don't think it's going to be all Ronald Jones like it was this last week. He had 23 carries. It wasn't even all Ronald Jones this last week. I mean... With how, 23 how carries. How the game eight? Right. No, no, no. But when the game started, he carried twice. Then he fumbled. Once Matthew and I talked about it a little bit this weekend. I'm convinced that, once again, Arians is this crazy manipulative coach that just is not a good coach. Um, listen, listen to Eli's theory. It is, is Arians' fault. Arians' fault that Ronald yes, Jones fumbles. Because... <laughs> He has instilled this fear in Ronald Jones that if he fumbles, he doesn't get to go back in the game. And so Ronald Jones gets in his head and fumbles once, and then he sits. And so this game happened again. Fumbled early on, which would line up with that theory. And then I turned to Kyle and I said, oh, Ronald Jones fumbled. Guess it's another Leonard Fournette game. And it was. But, but it was for the rest of that quarter. And then all of a sudden Arians was like, Okay. You can have one One carry. more chance. You can have one carry okay. inside of our own three-yard line. Two-yard line. Go get us two yards, Ronald Jones. Oh, you got 90 Bam! yards. Yeah, I guess you can stay in. Yeah, that's okay, really but, how it seems to go. But it's true that Arians is by far not the only coach in the history of the league that will 
sit a player who fumbles the ball. Yeah, That's Pete fair. Carroll is one of those kind of guys, yeah, too. It's fair. There, are, there are plenty of coaches who yeah. do this. Um, it's fair, but typically, right, typically it's more to this this game speed where it's like, okay, you're sitting for a little bit, don't mess up again. Was this like third week in a row with a fumble, though? So I don't think it's weird at all that he'd sit yeah. and be like, oh, man. We're I was this. surprised that he got awarded to go the, back at all. the chance before, to salt the game away. Before these those three weeks in a row with a fumble, mm-hmm. he had one fumble on the season. Yeah, I, I don't know how to understand Ronald Jones. If it's up to me, I, he's not on my team, which is why he's not on my team. So I, I think we've talked about him enough. If I my can go next back question, in time and call Bruce Arians and say, don't draft Leonard Fournette or Golden. Or don't pick, yeah. Or don't, don't, don't trade for him. Don't sign for him. Yeah. All right. The next question I have is, uh, well, let's talk about Chad's receivers this week. DK Metcalf, very down week. All basically due to the fact that Jalen Ramsey is amazing. I saw a stat today of all the routes that Jalen Ramsey covered DK Metcalf on. He had two catches for 28 yards. And they were it was like the whole game yeah. shadowing him. It was amazing. Um, Will Fuller also with the down week. Only five catches for 38 yards. T. Higgins, however, had a huge game. Seven catches, 115 and a touchdown. Fumble in there, but still 22 yeah, points. Bench him. So here's my question for you. I think it's a no-brainer at this point. You guys have accepted that you were wrong about Julio Jones. Just got to bring it up again. So you would be starting DK Metcalf and Julio Jones, right? Is that true? Like almost no doubt those two? Sure, sure. Okay, so then my question is, who are you starting in the flex on Chad's roster? Will Fuller, T. Higgins, or Antonio Brown? Rest of season, who would you rather have in your flex spot? I'd probably like the matchup, but... But if you had to just pick one to ride with, which one of those right now? I'd probably go fuller rest of the season. I think that the Texans are still trying to vie for something and put something together rest of the season. And so I think that Will Fuller and Miranda Cooks are still going to have a lot of really solid games, whereas Bengals are going to get shut down more often than not. All right. I'm disappointed because I was hoping one of you guys would say Antonio Brown because I'm not going to say Antonio Brown, but I was hoping he would get at least a little shout out. He, I, I would pick Higgins over over Fuller. I love Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller, but I, I think it'll be Higgins. I think I was I would pick Higgins. Obviously, I'm playing the matchup and probably starting all three at random times. But I if, think Higgins is probably going to score more points. If Brown wasn't on the potential to be kicked out of the league at any second, <laughs> then I might go with him. Yeah, that is. But trouble. even right now, there's there's an expanding case into him like assaulting, uh, something. breaking a security camera, and put potentially assaulting a security guard. Poor guy. He's a psychopath. Poor guy? Uh, or angry guy. Rich guy. Rich guy. <laughs> um, the running backs on Chad's team are also going to be interesting. He's got Boston Scott, who even with, um, even with Miles Sanders back, had a good game, but really only on one touchdown, like a big 50-yard touchdown run. Phil mm-hmm. Lindsay was one of my flexes of the week. Definitely didn't work out. Uh, he only got .2 points. Um, the running back situation for Chad, though, would you be starting Clyde and David Montgomery when he comes back? Is that is that how you guys see that playing out for Chad? Or do you think you'd be starting Ronald Jones over one of those guys? Okay, I Cricket. guess that means uh, Ronald Jones is going to start. Jones. Okay, Ronald Jones gets to start, embraced by Matthew. You all heard it here. Matthew thinks Ronald Jones is great now. <laughs> that's not at all what happened. All right, let's move I never on. I thought that. he wasn't great. I just think he fumbles a lot and thought that they'd play Fournette. Yeah. Anyone else in this matchup you guys want to talk about before we move on? Okay. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but did we get through all the matchups? I think we did. Maybe? Mm-hmm. All right, so to give a preview of where we're at, both CJ and Matthew are 8-2, and two, basically clinched the playoffs. I believe you I think completely they have, have. They have clinched playoffs. Have clinched playoffs. Both Cy and Chad dropped to 6-4 and four with Matt, Justin, and Carter all at 5-5. Five and five. And then myself, Elisha, and Jeremiah at 4-6. and six. So there are three teams with 5-5, five and five, and that means that they have the 5, 6, and 7 spot in the rankings, which means that all three of Jeremiah, myself, and Elisha are one game out of the playoffs right now. So... Like I said before, a lot to pay attention to, a lot to be excited for. Who knows who's going to make the playoffs? It is still completely up in the air. Truly, truly is. Which is really fun, in my opinion. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we uh, close out the show here? Um, yes. I wanted to... Oh, it's a long one. Um, I wanted Not to... Not our longest, but it's up there. Yep. I wanted to give one quick update on uh, one of the bets for this year. Oh, yeah. One of them has officially concluded, and it's a big one. Hold on. Let me try to get it. What could have concluded already? It was for 12 hams. 12 hams? But what wouldn't have been a bet for the whole season? All right, I don't know what it is. Go ahead. Derek Henry. You said that he would only play eight games. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Dang. That's so that puts me into a 10 hams lead. Also, you can probably just take the hams for the Vikings beating the Packers <laughs> yeah. in the division. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that that will like, give me an, an extra three hams. Up, I was like, How? that's not mathematically true yet, even though it's going to be true. That's what I was assuming it was. I thought, no way, that's not mathematical yet. <laughs> it's been a rough... Do you want to talk about any of our other bets? Do you want to update the yeah, listeners so to what that's the only one that's still valid? Or there's, there's two that have concluded. That one and then my week eight call for Carson Wentz outscoring Pat Mahomes. Nobody should believe in Carson Wait, Wentz. did that happen? Oh, yeah, I made that call. Did we talk about that? We did. I don't think oh, yeah, we did. Oh, that's oh wow. Yeah, we, that, one, that one fell very, very flat. Um, that was the week that convinced me that nobody should ever start Carson Wentz again, and he was still started against me this week. Oh, so and you lost that bet. I lost that bet. Oh, oh okay. yeah. That's why oh, we majorly. talk about it. Yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Just like when you chose... To sit DK Metcalf. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> I was I was one week off on the Brown over Metcalf call because he beat Metcalf this week. <laughs> that's that's true. That's Unfortunate. True. Bad timing. So close. All right, Bad timing. Wrong what matchup. Else? What else is um, that? Vikings over the Packers. Vikings over the Packers. That one's probably going to happen. And then the only other one that we have active is DJ Moore finishing above Robbie Anderson. That's for six hams. So that one could and be a swing. And we just had a bet tonight. Yep. Uh, that's going to be decided by Sunday for the over under six point five for your kicker. Uh, DJ oh, yeah. Moore over Robbie Anderson. It's an eleven point spread right now. Fantasy, fantasy points, points on at the, the finish. Yep, at the finish of the year. I still think that it's I. It's pretty close. That one is getting it closer. Is close. So all I need is one one more big touchdown from him. We gotta start getting Matthew in on these hams bets because he'll always he needs his own currency. Gamble something real <laughs> that I care about. Hams are very real. But I'm in a no right. situation. How about this? I win fifty hams. I gamble board games. What <laughs> <Without> board games? <laughs> That's and Matthew will give me board games and I beat him in bets. These bets are quickly going to get very expensive. <laughs> yes. All righty, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. 
Stay tuned for the rest of the season. Please, please, please stay engaged. Even if your team sucks like Eli's, stay engaged. Follow Try us on TSN. <laughs> Toronto Sports Network. That's Yeah, follow us on sportsurge.net. That's where we watch all of our fantasy football. Yeah, all of our games, except for the ones that already finished. That's on Game Pass. But. Alrighty, folks. Let us know if you have any hot takes that you want us to bring up on the show. I think... Maybe we'll have like a hot take segment in the preview show. If you guys submit some hot takes, we'll discuss whether or not we think they're right or not. So I expect that Justin will probably, maybe Chad will too, but if you guys give us some hot takes, we'll see if you guys are crazy or we agree with you. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.